You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Lots of articles there up for you to check out. Uh, rankings across the board, draft plans, guides, sleepers, bus. What do you do with the top quarterback debate there in the top tier across positions as well? And I also have my latest article up, the Do Not Draft List. These are guys based on average draft position and current ranking that are a bit overrated that you want to avoid at certain points in your draft here. So look at that article, and if you missed the in-depth breakdown, we did that for you on Lockdown Fantasy Football already. We also looked at the rankings updates across uh, the positions, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight end. Today we're going to wrap up the week looking at the takeaways from the three new teams that we saw in action in the NFL season. That would be the Patriots and Washington football team. They played each other. And then you had the Philadelphia Eagles play their cross-state rivals, the Steelers, who opened in the Hall of Fame game against the Cowboys last week. So, second game for the Steelers. So, we won't talk much about them, really, at all here, with Najee Harris still being the biggest takeaway of the preseason so far and his special ability out of the backfield. But we didn't see much of the other notable Steelers in that game. We did see plenty of the Patriots, Washington, and Eagles principles. So we'll break what we saw there down for you from a fantasy football perspective to close the week. Next week, we'll uh, start by looking at what happened in all the action over the weekend. So we had a lot of games on Friday, Saturday, and closing with the Colts and Panthers on Sunday. So kind of an updated, uh, different version of news and notes across the league, uh, catching up on what happened in all these games, if there were any key injuries, the developments that you need to know for fantasy football. We'll start with three teams on today's show. And then uh, we'll get to eventually the flip side of my do not draft list. We'll do that early next week. That would be the steals and sleepers by average draft position and ranking that you should target at different parts of your draft. So a lot of good stuff coming up. And eventually we will get here before the season starts a preview of all the divisions here. So get to all the teams specifically to kind of put the finger on the pulse of what we expect from all these teams with their scoring output and fantasy football efficiency. Before we get into that, I've got to tell you that this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by our sister sub, Peacock and Williamson. You have NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. They take you all around the NFL with the latest news, notes, analysis, and when we get into the season, we'll have uh, game picks and previews and all that good stuff as well, just like we'll have on Lockdown Fantasy Football. So check out Peacock and Williamson, another great part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's dive in to what we saw from the Patriots and Washington. We'll start with New England. That's always a good place to start. The big story we're looking for is the battle between Mac Jones, the rookie first-round pick, and Cam Newton at quarterback. Cam played a couple series, 4 for 7, 49 yards, 78.9 rating. Mac Jones played into the third quarter, about five series here. 13 completions, 19 attempts, 87 yards there. Sacked once. Cam Newton did see the heat from... Chase Young, Jones didn't have that type of pressure, but took one bad sack, but otherwise he got rid of the ball quickly, was pretty confident, wasn't rattled here at all. 
spread the ball around to the weapons that were available to him. So you have to say Jones did everything he could do to try to win the starting job. You didn't have a lot of running from Newton in this game either. That's going to be key for Newton to hold on to this job. I think it's pretty even. But Jones definitely looked like a veteran out there with his confidence and his distribution of the ball. Now, he didn't get to play with the main guys. I mean, Christian Wilkinson was the best wide receiver on the field for him when he was out there. Six for 39 on nine targets. But we know this is going to be Nelson Aguilar, who didn't uh, suit up here. With Kendrick Bourne on the outside, Jacoby Myers uh, had a good catch on the slot. He's going to be the slot in the 11 personnel that they use between Bourne and Aguilar. And then, yeah, Jonah Smith, Hunter Henry still on the shelf with the shoulder injury. Had a nice catch there early with Cam Newton. So it's hard between Smith and Henry and Bourne and Aguilar and Myers how this receiving group will pan out here. But it's going to be a run-heavy team. We saw that. That was 100% true. And not even with Cam Newton doing anything or Jones being a factor in the running game. Sonny Michelle was relevant here. So Damian Harris came in looked pretty good, but Michelle was just as good running. This offensive line is built to run block pretty well. Isaiah Wynn uh, had a rough time there with Chase Young in one particular play where Young disrupted the backfield. But overall, this offensive line is pretty good, and they will eventually have support from two tight ends where they can use 12 personnel with Jonas Smith and Hunter Henry there. But Sonny Michelle's not going anywhere. They have good reviews from him in training camp. All he has to do is stay healthy. Remember, he's a first-round pick. Damon Harris is a second-round pick. So you figure a lot of the early-down work could go to Harris for sure, but Michelle will be a factor in power situations. James White is going to be the dedicated receiver. When Mac Jones is out there, it was more J.J. Taylor, but we know James White is going to be that same role he's always been, uh, linking back to Tom Brady in this offense, so they always have one of those. And in the fourth quarter, the guy that came in and was the closer was Ramondre Stevenson. A little bit of LeGarrette Blunt in Ramondre Stevenson. 10 carries, 127 yards, a pair of scores. He got them on the board. And he had that 91-yard touchdown late. So Stevenson's the real deal. He's an explosive power back, very much a parallel to LeGarrette Blunt. That's the one thing about the Patriots. They're this creative uh, offensive team and all that, but they like parallels. They like no-nonsense power back, Sonny Michel. They like a swing back. Damian Harris is basically a guy who can do a little bit of everything, an updated version, a much upgraded version from Rex Burkhead. James White is linking back to Kevin Falk and some of these other guys that they've had catch passes. Stevenson, again, fits that blunt role. So, how do you work in all these four backs? It's going to be difficult, especially Michelle being a factor. Stevenson looks like he'll definitely make the team as the fourth string option there. So, it's going to be hard to trust Damian Harris or Michelle. James White is going to have a very limited role here. So, be careful about uh, targeting the Patriots back and really targeting all the Patriots here because Jones-Newton, that situation could change quickly. We're not sure between Bourne and Aguilar and Myers. I would lean toward a little bit Myers being more productive. Same thing, leaning towards Jonas Smith being more productive than Hunter Henry. But a lot of things to avoid overall in fantasy football. With the Patriots, because they're doing a lot of things by committee, even uh, with quarterback being a question mark right now. So running backs, four deep. Wide receivers, uh, three to four deep here. If Wilkerson can uh, make noise for himself here and try to make the team. But certainly... The Patriots uh, look like a spread-it-around, run-heavy team, and that could give multiple backs value here. But White, you're only looking at PPR formats. Michelle, you're hoping for some touchdowns. And Harris, you're hoping for enough volume to return uh, RB2 flex here. And that's about as much as you can expect from the Patriots. All right, so that's breaking down the Patriots' performance. They, by the way, won the game 22-13. to We'll talk about Washington. We saw some of their starters early. So break down WFT. 
and what our vibes are with them from the preseason opener in a moment. But I do have to remind you again about Built Bar. Celebrate freedom of choice with Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors well, you're missing out. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salty Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, German Chocolate. Those are their core flavors. Do you know what my favorite core flavor is? Well, it's hard to decide, but I definitely like the ones with chocolate. So Double Chocolate, German Chocolate, sign me up. I like the brownie ones, and I also love Salted Caramel. And you, you'll get 100% chocolates covering every Built Bar that you get. Soft and easy to chew. The only way you can try all the flavors is to get a mix box, and you get two each of nine flavors. That's pretty awesome here. Get some variety. Enjoy all the Built Bars. They're all delicious. They're all healthy for you as well. Check it out. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories per bar, only 4 to 5 grams sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs for each Built Bar. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And order today. Check out some of their special flavors, but you can get all one. You can get a mix box. You can get whatever you like from Built Bar, and they're all going to be delicious and healthy for you. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, so that's pretty good. We know the Olympics just finished up, so you can feel good about supporting them as well. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. We'll be right back here to look at the takeaways from the Washington side of things in their preseason opener. All right, let's uh, look at the Washington football team. They lose to the Patriots 22-13. We didn't see a lot of Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was there early, but what we did see was throws to the principal playmakers, and those would be Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas. You didn't have Curtis Samuel playing. He's hurt. They hope that he's ready for week one. He's the shiny new addition. You didn't have Adam Humphreys in there either. Dimey Brown did play a little bit, the dynamic uh, rookie from North Carolina, big play threat, but pretty much spread all around, gave a lot of different op- players opportunities, a lot of dinking and dunking here, trying to look at the backfield a little bit more, but definitely good chemistry between Fitzpatrick and McLaurin, good chemistry between Fitzpatrick and Logan Thomas, and that's what Fitzpatrick does. He facilitates, he's going to get the ball in the hands of the key playmakers, and the established ones for Washington, those are McLaurin and Thomas, so feel really good about those guys being effective here in the passing game. And Washington's offense is just dynamic overall. You look at Scott Turner. He's got a great system. He's going to involve all the best playmakers here. And he, he's not going to mess around. McLaurin and Thomas are the guys. A little bit of Diami maybe. See how we look at Humphreys versus Samuel and their usage in the slot and how much they want to use Diami Brown. But interesting battle uh, there behind. Uh, you have uh, Dax Milne and... You have Steven Sims Jr. who's kind of a carryover there as well. So Humphreys did play a little bit, but not enough here to really judge what he can do in this offense. But yeah, they do have some options, at least four deep, when you add Brown after Humphreys and what we saw with Curtis Samuel early before he got hurt to support Terry McLaurin. That's all in the end going to help Terry McLaurin here with the Washington football team. Now a lot of backs played. The pecking order looks right now to be Antonio Gibson first, Peyton Barber next. And then it's kind of cloudy if J.D. McKissick has a dedicated receiving role, so you think he might make it, but you also have Lamar Miller. Yeah, remember Lamar Miller? Jonathan Williams, remember him? He's trying to make a team here. So you got Jarrett Patterson as well in this backfield. So it's a battle here to try to get a key role in the back end of this. So 
It could be fluid between Barber and McKissick, and if they have to sweat it out with their jobs a little bit, it might be. But all this points to Antonio Gibson being super studly. I mean, he just looked really good. Two catches for 14 yards. He also had five runs for 15 yards. He is a legitimate workhorse back in the making. He's going to be involved a lot in the passing game. And as long as Samuel's hurt, remember the Samuel-Christian McCaffrey dynamic there in Carolina? And similar offense, they're kind of quasi-related here. If McLaurin is the guy and Thomas is next and Samuel's not available, that means Gibson is going to have more opportunities in the passing. And I think it's going to come naturally anyway. So I don't think you'll see McKissick in any dedicated role. I think he's limited to that receiving role. And Barber, more of the swing backup behind him. Maybe Lamar Miller, with his experience, could maybe step into a key role here. But overall, Antonio Gibson's going to be the man. They'll probably piece together a committee to play for him when he's gone. You look at that. But a lot of usage here. Again, we know the principals are McLaurin and Thomas and Gibson. We're trying to see all these other guys, how they fit in. But back to Antonio Gibson. This guy's special all around. He's going undervalued in a lot of drafts. He's going to be a workhorse. He's special. We saw some of it last year. And they were, remember, reluctant a little bit to give him a full workload. And I think that changes a little bit. I think he's a guy that could easily see 20 touches per game, be effective as a runner and a receiver here. So all good things here. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, again, it's pretty impressive. He is actually tabbed to be the starter in this situation this year. And looks like he'll distribute. That's what you want, point guard, deliver. And he might have some standalone value here beyond streaming with all the weapons and the particular offense he is in. So Fitzpatrick got a handle on it. Their key playmakers look good. That is good vibes coming out of Washington here to be more of an offensive team and less reliant on the defense here in 2021. All right, in our final segment, we'll break down what we saw from the Eagles in their preseason opener against the Steelers. I do have to remind you that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is closing in on the postseason. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, information for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NFL, where there's a lot of futures and props and preseason games that you can get in on. And all, of course, your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the postseason and start their journeys to the NFL playoffs in the preseason. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just enter the promo code Locked On. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to close the show looking at the Eagles and what we need to know about them coming out of their first preseason game for fantasy football. All right, the Eagles had an interesting debut. They lose to the Steelers 24-16. Again, the Steelers are pretty much using the backups, kind of an extension of the first game, Najee Harris. A little less work here, but uh, certainly Harris proved to be the guy again with three touches for 19 yards. Looking at the Eagles, Jalen Hurts held himself well in there. Looked pretty good. Averaged 7.7 yards per attempt. 3 for 7, 54 yards. Had one rush for 54, but we know that's a big part of his game. So Jalen Hurts, again, borderline QB1, QB2. Just be careful where you draft him. I think it's near the QB2 range because he's a little bit volatile here overall because of the nature of this offense. But certainly Jalen Hurts belongs in that conversation to be a starter there are more weeks than not for your fantasy football team. And just be careful about drafting him more in that 8-10 to 10 range. Take him more in the 11-13 to 13 range if you can 
in fantasy football drafts. Now, Joe Flacco, this is a reminder that he's the backup. So, decent backup there if something would happen. Nick Mullins also in the mix here for the Eagles. Uh, they played, and Mullins didn't look very good. Flacco did actually look pretty good, but a lot of that was because of Quez Watkins. It is one catch for 79 yards and took it to the house. He is one fast receiver. And there's a lot of things in this Eagles receiving core that are not yet decided with Devonta Smith right now on the shelf. You figure... Smith and Rieger, they're going to be the X and the Z portion of this team. Now, you need to find a Y. That's a slot guy that has some speed and can make some plays. And a Rieger has some crossover potential there. But we saw J.D. Ortega Whiteside pretty much giving up on him. He's down to being just kind of a role player for them if he makes the team. John Hightower, they took a chance, but I think he's pretty much done here. Watkins in the same draft was taken as Hightower in 2020. Just a flat-out speedster. He outran the Steelers' defense. It was very impressive to see here. So they're going to find a role for him. They need some big play element for sure. That's been missing a little bit from the Eagles uh, since Deshaun Jackson was gone with the, the connection with Carson Wentz. But they need to be able to stretch the field a little bit. Watkins can help do that. Rieger, of course, has a lot of speed to burn. And then you have Devonta Smith, who can be a reliable route runner with great hands all over the field. So... But you look overall, we know the pecking order of this receiving core may start with the tight ends. And we saw Dallas Goddard made a very nice play there with Jalen Hurts. One catch for 34 yards, caught his only target. Zach Ertz actually looked pretty good. There was a lot of debate over should the Eagles still move Zach Ertz here. They were thinking about moving him back to the Colts where Nick Sirianni came from. But two, tw- two for 20 here on three targets. So... He's involved, but Goddard seems like he'll be the key go-to guy overall. The wide receivers could be more by committee, and with Smith coming in, that could change the way he looks at Rieger and Watkins. Ertz is pretty valuable, but clearly Goddard has the bigger upside and the more explosive nature there. Don't forget about Tyree Jackson. They give Hertz a little bit of extra depth with a converted quarterback there, potentially uh, being their third tight end. So he's in a battle with Richard Rodgers, but definitely the tight end is going to be a help to Jalen Hertz, starting with Goddard. Maybe some value for Ertz, but Goddard is the guy that I'm targeting as a mid-range tight end one. Most drafts will Ertz. Could be a decent backup for you more than you think. Now, Miles Sanders, uh, not there in action. So you had uh, pretty much uh, look at the other backs here. Don't forget Jordan Howard is still there. He looked good in pass protection one play. Looked bad in another play. Kenneth Gainwell, on Johnson, Boston Scott. These are all reasons why... We put Miles Sanders on the do not draft list. I think he's just too high to take him as an RB two. There are too many other factors here. Howard is certainly pretty good in pass protection. There's not much of a receiver, but can handle himself there. Boston Scott, the change of pace. Carryon Johnson can do a little bit of everything. Gainwell is very similar to the skill set of Sanders, and they also gave Jason Huntley four carries for 15 yards. He actually led the team in rushing. So, this Eagles backfield, a lot of uh, bodies here trying to figure out the pecking order. But however you look at it, Miles Sanders is not targeted just to be the feature guy that we were hoping for in this transition. And we hope for last year didn't materialize there. They didn't give him the ball enough this year. It just may not happen because of too many guys being involved in the running game. But yeah, Hurts looked good. Goddard looks good. We'll have to see about the rest uh, falling into place here for the Eagles. Uh, hard to know exactly how good their passing game is without Devonta Smith being healthy. All right, so there's a breakdown of the Eagles and uh, what happened in their preseason game here against the Steelers. So pretty good uh, debuts for all these teams, and we'll have uh, several more to talk about. Uh, Good stuff coming up this weekend, uh, starting 
with tonight the Titans and the Falcons. So Julio Jones revenge game. I don't think we'll see Julio in that one. But look at uh, Kyle Pitts for the first time. See what the rookie can do. We also have the new look Lions against the Bills. The Bills with the most explosive offense from last year that wasn't in Kansas City. We'll see them on Friday night. Then the Cowboys take their second game against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. So we'll see a little bit more about what the Cardinals offensive potential can be. And then just a lot of excitement with all the rookie quarterbacks. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. They're all in action that aren't uh, Mac Jones there. On Saturday, then you close Sunday looking at the battle of the Sams. For now, Sam Darnold and Sam Ellinger with the Panthers and Colts. So a little bit preview there. A lot of things to break down for you there. We'll do it on the other side of the weekend on a Monday. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Just like this show, this is Locked on Fantasy Football. So a little shorter version of the show. We've been doing a little bit longer with all the fantasy football rankings, breakdowns, D&D. We will... uh, have around the corner the steel sleepers there. Check those out. Uh, still formulating those here as we look at uh, the draft rankings and average draft position. We'll put that out for you early next week. We'll come back with the takeaways. A lot of good stuff to talk about. So excited that we're actually seeing games in the preseason of game. And it should be rather special here. So for Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great weekend. See you on Monday with a breakdown of the rest of the preseason games of week number 